episode 100 episode 100 100 i'm super happy that i can be barefoot with our new set yeah like that people will not see that i'm barefoot they can imagine that i am yeah i'm sure no, i'm sure some people would be watching this and there are no imagining you barefoot there are no screenshots you can put on wiki feet mm-hmm. of my feet yet <laughs> is that a thing wiki feet oh i was on there my page got deleted for some reason i don't know who disliked Wait, you, me enough you were on wiki feet i had pictures of my feet on wiki feet back when i was a youtuber Oh my god! So that I made kind it. Of, I think it means you made it. If you're on, I Wikifeet. made it. If you're on Wiki Feet, you you made it. I had a YouTube video that I did at the beach, basically, or like on like a dock that I made with some friends, and I was barefoot for it. And there were, it was like a wax your legs challenge if you get like a trivia question wrong. And so I was barefoot for it. I was in like a swimsuit. Um, and somebody screenshotted it and put it on either wiki feet or like some famous tumblr page for feet interesting you know you've really made it though if you have your own uh inflate fetish uh tumblr dedicated to you. oh my god yeah if somebody wants to i welcome this one somebody wants to make fan art of us inflated can you explain to people what inflate <laughs> fetish is i don't know if i want to. wait before we we hold that thought <laughs> hold that thought i do want to uh for the inaugural episode, we played this clip, uh, I think, when we did one of the first few episodes. Oh, yes. Um, but yes, 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 I figure yes, yes. it's a good way to start it, right? Yeah. Now, into a shaker, I'm just going to play some kiwi. But first, I want to mush it up a little bit and break this up. These are beautiful, ripe kiwis. Lots of flavor. Just fork these until they're all broken up. I love the Paula like Dean infographic in the corner. It shows the date, how dated this is. Before she said the N-word. Then I'm going to put <laughs> kiwi. Mm-hmm. And what else, sweetie? What else, what else sweetie? This then actually would be delicious. Two shots of vodka. Two shots. <laughs> then one shot of melon liqueur. <laughs> Woo, that's going to be strong. And a little bit of simple syrup, of course. This is just sugar. And so I, what I love about her is like my, my mom is obsessed with Sandra Lee. And I, I know you mentioned this on like one of the first few like episodes we played. Of this course. Time. This is an, this is like a, a classic meme. Is that like she always would make like very like Paula Deen type food with like a lot of butter and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, I think she only subsists on alcohol because I mean, like, how could Look she how be this thin, thin? She is. Yeah. But yeah. So uh, so with that, uh, cheers. With that, cheers. We're drinking yes. a Moscow Mule. Boom more of a reach this time yeah hmm <laughs> mm. almost had it so back to the important stuff inflation is uh <laughs> it's a, why do you explain that i'm gonna look up something it's a fetish for people who like to be basically like ballooned up or like to balloon up other people uh there are variations of inflation that i won't go into detail of but i've seen one that is very gruesome not gruesome uh very explicit <laughs> no it doesn't exist jordan was looking up sandra lee inflation it would have been it would have been uh, pretty fitting i'm actually a little surprised because she's not like unattractive but i 
It kind of seems to like the, the inflation fetish kind of seems to like exist solely in the gay world. You think so? I, I will not. No. no, no. I think gays just extrapolate on fetishes and to make it such an extreme yeah. degree. Uh, I'm I'm a, vi- a victim of or, or guilty of doing this as well. I guess I'm also a victim, a guilty victim mm-hmm. of like taking things to the extreme, taking sex things to the extreme because I'm a gay man. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all you do. But like men have this brain that when paired with <laughs> sex, <laughs> with sex and like uh, and like weird fetishes, it just gets out of control. Yeah, that's why like you don't see too many women with an anal prolapse. You mostly see men. Or why you mostly see men turn into serial killers. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's the same thing. It has to do with men's sex brains, and sex and brain. Yeah. Sex, sex, and sex and brain sex brain but yeah gays <laughs> gays are very interesting but speaking of some gay gay things um oh God. what are we for whatever reason <laughs> so we all we all watched that weird pageantry parade that was the inauguration joe biden's inauguration oh yeah and politicians coming off of private jets exactly where paid for by us exactly yeah to make just for utter utter pageantry right yeah and the picture that captivated the world was uh, Bernie Sanders and his mittens and his very normal yes, clothes. Yes, which we covered last week. You can take a listen to that episode after this one. Yes. <laughs> but the cathedral really wants you to care about Kamala Harris's cottagecore stepdaughter, <laughs> who is now a model. A model. What has she signed with? IMG? IMG, which is not like a really... They're kind That's of like not a, an accomplishment, no. baby. IMG models is like the the gap of, so, of I used to of I, modeling agency. When I was dating <laughs> the old Navy. It's the old Navy. That's a better one. Gap is not too bad, but it's the old Navy of modeling agencies. Yeah. Accessible to all. Yeah. So <laughs> so like when I was dating my ex who like lived in this like world, I there were different tiers of modeling agencies that were taken seriously. Um I don't know if it's changed. Like maybe you would know better than I would because it's been you know Right. It's been five years since I've been with him and then three since like three and a half I've been oh, with him. Oh yeah, yeah. So um I once I once we broke up, I I didn't like the world to begin with, so I tapped out. But you're still mm-hmm. kind of like you have a couple toes in the fashion. I'm industry. adjacent. I actually this sweater actually came from a modeling gig that I just did. Very true, yes. Modeling. Cool, I was, they, but I mean I mean come on, yeah. Literally just product modeling. What's I'm really the difference? Really like e- either they either well, I mean, it's all product modeling, right? Like either you're <laughs> either you're like in some art pro- like some art project uh, mm. concocted by some borderline personality disorder woman who makes too much money and lives in New York City. Or it's products that you would actually wear, like what you're wearing now. It's those two things. Or there's a third option. It is male nudity. Mm -hmm. That is the third photography option. That's the the only three lanes of photography. The modeling to OnlyFans pipeline. Modeling to OnlyFans pipeline. Exactly. Those are the only options. So luckily I was doing product product placement right uh, this sweater i was wearing this sweater in one of the product things but like and they were like do you like anything and i'm like absolutely i'll take this sweater i'll take this shirt i'll take these sweatpants i'll take i only took the sweater but that's that's very nice of you. i was like I'll, I'll take one thing and it's it's very nice it's very soft it's like a gildan sweater that they dip dye mm-hmm. yeah no i, I like it very much i, very much um, enjoy it. I, I do want to i do, I do want to ask our audience really quickly um because you know, many of you are immaculate homosexuals. <laughs> yes, immaculate How many, gays. So I'm I'm curious because Sean and I have had this experience several times where there is somebody that we find very attractive, and they do a modeling gig that's like very risque, oh. and then you go to the photographer's 
Instagram and you finally have an OnlyFans page like for exclusive uh-huh. content and you get to see these people that you have a crush on naked. Nude, yes. Like, more often than not. Yeah. Like, kind of the case. So I'm curious how many of you guys have experienced this as well because <laughs> it seems to happen a lot, which is kind of what I was saying about the modeling to OnlyFans pipeline because there is like such a fine line with it of like um, younger, very attractive men in, men and women. Like th- there, there is this thing of like, even though the world finds them to be attractive and someone could say like, I want to shoot pictures of you because you are attractive. Yeah. They're still massively insecure. Mm -hmm. So if they get kind of nagged into doing like getting more and more naked, the photographer who's usually like a a gremlin can get some sexual satisfaction out of the power dynamic through which they can get you naked. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not saying this is like a grooming or a predatory thing because I think it actually is a reciprocal it's a transactional relationship most of the time it can be yeah. unless it turns rapey or whatever but like if there's yeah. no like intercourse involved he gets he or she gets well he mostly i think it's usually he as in the photographer and he as in the model i think it happens more so with with gay men where it's not like a predatory thing but when the model is a woman it's it can be like uh, well, it tends to be a bit more predatory well right? because now especially in the last three years woman's victimhood is now capital which we will talk about a little bit later yeah, on yeah, here. Yeah. but um but yeah no I, I would say that like it is transactional because like you know I, I think like guys are getting like less uncomfortable with like showing off naked and also too like women I think especially too in the last last three years, like women really showing guys validation about how they look is so low, but gay men will mm-hmm. fucking tell you you're you're hot or you're not. Oh you yeah. Know? Like we're worse than women in a lot of ways. And so You know, uh to bring it back to well well the thing is like I, <laughs> I so I wanna also say I've had the experience where uh I've I've seen like a a person that I follow on Instagram model and then go to the photographer's page, see the only fan subscribe for like 10 bucks, yep. look at all the photos and be done. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's uh, this person, Ella Emhoff, mm-hmm. <laughs> Kamala Harris's stepdaughter, her, stepdaughter, her fucking upper class uh, Bushwick stepdaughter is one person I really would never want to see an only fan. Well, she let's... makes me, uh, a misogynist. <laughs> well, and be- because it's like, like it's partly so. Like there, there, there is sort of this this thing with modeling now. Is it's like there's two there there's two met like two metrics now that will get you a gig based on things that were not true of the past, which is like being yeah. conventionally attractive, which was true of the past, or um, being a celebrity, mm-hmm. like a, a traditional celebrity. So like you know a. Uh, you know how like someone like Edward Furlong, the kid that was in Terminator 2, could like have a huge modeling career in Japan because of the recognition based on him being in Terminator 2, right? Yes. Um, that's not the case anymore. Now it's you're a micro celebrity, like <laughs> literally being the not even the actual progeny of the vice president. Mm-hmm. You're the half progeny of the vice president who, by the way, they probably hate each other, um, these two people. And uh or you're like so bizarre looking or fat. Like that's kind of the Wait, new... you think Kamala and El, Ella 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 hate each other? Is that what you're saying? How could you I know how like I, I'm sure Kamala tries really hard to relate to her and that makes Ella hate her even more. I I, I, I actually kind of wonder because I was like looking at the pictures that, you know, the one that you posted on the thumbnail in particular where she's like in the pussy hat and like I in her cottage core outfit. I fucking hate that outfit. She you... looks god awful. I wish. Why does she dress like a fucking Muppet? 
Because, Sorry, I cut you off. <laughs> no, no, I was actually trying to With like my trying anger. to figure out how to answer that question. So like I I would imagine it's because she's like you know eighteen and probably like in you know gender studies. I mean like she just looks like that exactly that kind of person, right? Yeah, like the yeah, gender yeah. studies or like you know uh, a study of. Ethiopian jazz with a subtext in racial inequality classes at Berkeley. I mean, she's that kind of person, yeah. right? Um, just based on optics alone. Isn't that annoying, by the way, as an aside? You can just look at the way that somebody dresses and just be like, yeah, that's, I know, I know, what, I know what you do. think. I know what you think. I know your opinions. It's so yeah. fucking obvious. But that is the world we live in now because politics are fashion, fashion is politics, and just. Pfft. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I suspect that because Kamala Harris has no personality, that a lot of her like sort of um, pretending to be uh, progressive is because of her. <laughs> I think that she takes all of her cues on how to be progressive from this this girl. Yes. So anyway, we probably should read the article here. Yeah. Vice President Kamala Harris's stepdaughter, Ella Emhoff, whose fashion choices went viral during last week's U.S. presidential okay, inauguration. Did they? No, they absolutely did not. And Nobody gave a fuck and everybody like shit on her. And, and what's so interesting and like, again, we're going to get into this a little bit later about like Biden and the kind of the media narrative cracking they're having to manufacture a reality for us yeah. because none of us felt this way. Nobody cared. Like it, the only reaction I saw to Ella Emhoff was just sort of like, she looks more uncomfortable than autistic Baron Trump at this thing. Like she looks yeah. just not, what is she? Anyway. Uh, has signed with a major modeling agency. Emhoff will join top supermodels like Carly Kloss and Giselle Bunchen, as well as singers like Selena Gomez on IMG models. Giselle Bunchen is, uh, is Tom Brady's wife. Yes. Um, on IMG Models is prestigious roster. Again, agency, just the, the like flowery, like you know. An agency spokesperson. This is CNN, the by the way. This is a CNN article. This isn't Variety. CNN. This, this is CNN. The deal to CNN on Thursday, though, declined to give further comment. The announcement comes just days after ING Models signed a contract with National Youth Poet Laureate Amanda Gorman, another star of President Joe's. Fucking hell, dude! The poet. They're gonna get the poet to be a model too. Why? Do, why? They just want us to look at these bitches. Because, well, yes, that be. They want us to look at them because art has been completely infiltrated by the CIA. I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, come on. Yeah. It's like, like this. This is Jackson Pollock all over again. I mean, this is. Yeah, I'm, I would say that it's always been CIA. Well, I mean, in in a lot of ways, but at least there was like some sort of like like during the like McCarthyism era, at least there was like some underground group of poets oh, and artists God, that were yeah. like labeled as communists and were like had to be like shut underground. And then yeah. like now with some time in hindsight, we go like, oh, actually, they were the brave ones. Mm -hmm. Now, the counterculture is so fucking dead Like that, that, <laughs> yeah. that existed in like in culture or fashion or art. It's so dead and it could not be any more evident by this. And so like she doesn't even look that good she's just like a tall woman right which would normally be enough but it's like now like this is like the only part of her face that we saw right was yeah was this with the mask on so anyway let's keep going here oh both women sent the internet buzzing no they didn't no they didn't no they didn't with their stylish looks and presence at last wednesday's swearing in ceremony emhoff impressed fashion watchers in an embellished Mew Mew houndstooth jacket and oversized collar, which she wore over a high neck botch of a burgundy dress with puffed sleeves. Also went viral for a video in which she expressively wiggled her eyebrows. So that was the one video that I saw of her, and it was totally a manufactured trend. Like it, it, it did not happen organically. It was just, it was just. Let's not look at how gauche and horrible this ceremony is. 
while nobody, no real person's attending it. Let's like, let's try to humanize it somehow. And mm-hmm. again, the picture that captivated everybody's mind was Bernie Sanders. Yes. Not this. This was not what it was. You know, I don't think our inauguration should be uh, a chance, a chance for agencies to scout. Oh, you, you would think, <laughs> right? You would think. I don't think that's ethical. It, well, <laughs> it, 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 it's not, but it, but it, it we, the, the, the consent is manufactured because the CIA is running the fashion industry. So, yeah. You know, fuck this, dude. Shortly after the presidential inauguration, writer and editor Evan Ross Katz tweeted that Emhoff was a style icon in the making. Oh, shut. Okay. Fashion retailer List, meanwhile, reported a 455% spike in searches for Mew Mew within six hours of the inauguration. And think about how many people search for Mew Mew a day. I know. What, like 10? Fuck it. Fucking Mew Mew. Uh, and like all it would really take. Of course, it would spike 450 percent because now, now 45 people or 450 people are looking it up instead of fucking 10. And you know what's like? You know what's <laughs> like? Like I have gotten so like over the last few weeks and like especially since January 6th, since like the insurrection mm-hmm. in big quotes that we are we are told that we must insist that it was a attempted coup and an insurrection on the Capitol. Blah 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 blah. Uh, like, you know. So this was the most manufactured media event not the insurrection but this this inauguration because they said yeah something's definitely going to happen something's yeah. definitely going to happen so like everyone's tuning in i think everybody was watching for that reason to see if joe biden gets shot in the head which did not yeah. happen and so yeah like of course if like you know if, if don lamon mentions mew mew and this girl wearing it then of course it'll spike because yeah. everybody was fucking watching it hoping subconsciously that yeah. something crazy might happen on TV because that's why we watch TV. That's why we like reality TV. Yeah. We want bad shit to happen to people. <laughs> exactly. This bitch in this photo looks like Troy Sivan as a pilgrim. Oh my God. <laughs> I love that you said it because... Because <laughs> you can't. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I can, but it's like... <laughs> she looks like Troy Sivan in a pilgrim dress. Yeah, it's like... it. it... I... <laughs> See, Dude, it does. <laughs> I can't unsee it now. <laughs> okay, Kate said, I like her dress, uh, but what happened to her arms? Okay, her dress is not bad. This is actually something that I've been wanting to make, one with like 30 buttons down the front. I've always wanted to do something like that with like puff sleeves and a We haven't criticized skirt. her fashion, right? No, no, no. Well, we're, just, we're, just, we're just trying to say that like, they're, they're, like this is not a... I, you can find this... <laughs> You find like you go to a fucking <laughs> yes. party in Bushwick, you'll find twenty five different girls dressed like this, all thinking they're fucking unique, yeah. but they're not because they're all dressed like this. And so it's like, it's it's a good fashion, but because it's a good fashion that's cool, everyone fucking wears it. <laughs> yeah. Who is of this age, of this persuasion? Yeah. And of course, the daughter of Kamala Harris, the most progressive senator in American history, is is going to dress like this, of course. Yeah. And so that's more what we're talking about. Of like, why? Why is she getting a modeling contract? Why is she important? Like she doesn't matter. Why was she matter. scouted at an inauguration? Right. <laughs> like you know, Baron Trump is seven seven foot five. Where's his modeling contract? Exactly. Catch up. What's not clicking? What's not clicking? Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Give him a modeling contract. Who is all? I mean, she's probably autistic too. I mean, they have like all these. They they got, they got everything. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, what is this like puritanism thing that's going on? Like, I understand the pendulum swing, but it's like, okay, okay. So this is the company who made the dress. Oh God! And what's their comment here? Ella M. Hoff in Burgundy today for the inauguration. Dreams do come true, kids. What What, the fuck? What dream did she accomplish? She's not accomplished anything. She's like still a fetus. Nobody knew about her until inauguration (laughs) day. 
I didn't even know Kamala Harris had kids. That well, she doesn't, but she, I didn't even know she had step. Right. I didn't know she was married to a white Jewish nebbish guy. Yeah, I had no fucking idea <laughs> until until about like about a, like two months ago. Much less that he had children that weren't hers. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, it's pretty telling that she wouldn't have kids of her own, isn't it? Like, of course, she was too busy putting black men in jail. Too busy, too busy putting <laughs> black men in jail. Sorry. Yes, and sucking off like a black musician. Oh, at the same this time. is this is I, this. I gotta say, in terms of like glass ceiling, the fact that Doug Emhoff <laughs> is called this is just second gentleman. Mm. Oh my god, that's so ridiculous she's currently studying fine art and textiles at the parsons school of design fuck you you are the richest 18 year old girl that has ever existed and now because your mom is kamala harris and now currently most powerful yes now part of the second family you are able to wear shit like this able to wear expensive clothes that will label you as a fashion icon because of your mom's money. Yeah, Perry because of the money that your mom made off of putting black, black men, men in jail. jail. And, and 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 again, like I, you know, before we get too far onto that, like it's not her fault. She didn't do anything wrong. No, She's I still know. a kid, like whatever. So we're not mad at her. It's just it's just the it's the it's the culture. zeitgeist through makes like the, the culture and the zeitgeist through which they think that she needs to be a model and a celebrity. It's yeah. like and she probably would live a better life if she didn't if she wasn't subjected to this. Yeah. Like it's just going to fuck her up, you know, like and so uh, Perry says, dreams come true, but buy my shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, okay. Speaking about her choice of outfit prior to Wednesday's inauguration, Emhoff told Vogue, excuse me, that she had prepared her outfit expecting there to be some anticipation surrounding her and her family's fashion choices. I'm going to kill myself. Some anticipation. My mood board was very little girl in a sense. A lot of scalloped collars and big silhouette shoulders and small buttons. She's quoted as saying in an interview alongside Batsheva's founder, Batsheva, hey, I was going for something girlier to embrace my feminine side because like how many times do you prepare yourself to attend an inauguration? This momentous this momentous of an event deserves a momentous outfit. All right. I mean, she's 18. She's playing the part how she's supposed she to. She absolutely like did not style herself, though. Well, that's that's kind of the thing, right? Like, so how much more would we have cared? Like, dude, if she got a modeling contract because she designed this dress herself, oh, I'd be like, shit. Yeah. You bitch, you earned it. You know what I mean? But like then for you to go to a designer that you just get to dictate what your style is to them. And it's already a style that is super popular amongst your yeah. demographic. Not really much has been accomplished here. But again, it's it's not about her. It's, it's just about this. And this is kind of going to be the theme throughout this whole thing of like mm-hmm. what we are, how much conditioning is happening about what we are supposed to believe in, we're supposed to care about. Like right. what words are used like ascribed to events like an insurrection or a coup that so wasn't yeah. it's like but they just keep i think we said it on the uh, like when the actual because we've been pretty consistent on this or like and i won't voice it upon you but like that i didn't see it as a coup or an insurrection i saw it as a bunch no. of i saw it as like a over-the-top ruckus which with that amount of people would result in people dying i mean yes. it's like a stampede at a state fair results in a few deaths i mean yeah. come on so like the fact that it was only five deaths is a little bit amazing to me. And the idea that those people would have gotten in and killed our elected officials, get the fuck out of here. I mean, mm. come on. But they keep using these words over and over and over again. And you're, you're seeing people in real time, like smart people, because they hear it so much, they believe that it must be true. Right. Right. And then and then again, like, so what, what are they using these things in order to 
to enact or in order to do. And it's just, it's, it's very strange, but I, I think the, the narrative is breaking for a lot of people. And, and that's what I find to be very interesting. So. Dal Reese poses a question. If she wasn't Kamala Harris's daughter, do you think the modeling world would even accept her? No, 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 of course not. I mean, like there are, know, she is a dime a dozen. Her like, style is a dime a dozen. I'll, I'll, I'll give you guys like, just like, just for gender's sake, I'll, I'll give you guys another example is, is, uh, is so, uh, I think, uh, Victoria Beckham and David Beckham have three boys. Uh, yeah, I think so too. But the two, the two that I can think of is uh, Brooklyn and there's and there's another. There's Romeo and there's another one, right? Yeah, I guess so. But who's the one that's like the photographer? I think Brooklyn. Okay, so Brooklyn Beckham. But he gets this published book by like Penguin of his photography, and it's like yeah. a kid's instagram account yeah so again it's like I, child drew of, has that book as a goof yes as a goof he's like it's it's awful it's, it's bullshit i think it's actually where i first first saw it and like yeah you look at the like two, through my eyes or what i see or yeah yeah like you look at i mean again those two parents would make really beautiful kids but like the kid that made that book is he's very good looking but he's not like model good looking right the younger one will be i think eventually yeah like that kind of thing Assuming he's tall, I don't really know. This is gay privilege, everybody. Yeah. He's going to turn out to be gay and he's going to be a very famous model. But he'll have to stay in the closet because <laughs> the modeling world doesn't like you being gay. Unless they can market upon it. Right. Which is kind of the which point, right? Will, yeah. Like, I mean, like the point is, is that like uh, Donald Trump was, people were convinced that Donald Trump was so naturally unpopular. And like he is unpopular with the type of people who work in the modeling industry, mm -hmm. right? So they're now capitalizing on the fact that Kamala Harris sucks shit. But she's not Donald Trump. And this is her half progeny. So yeah. she is enough of a celebrity for us to boost our brand with IMG in order to like have her do walkway things or whatever she's going to do. And so to answer Del like, no, of course, like that's not. Yeah, like, nobody would give a fuck. It's because like, like, and I think Donald Trump broke the matrix on this. If like celebrities are now politicians, but it's well, actually, yes. no, Obama did. O Obama was the uh, the first celebrity president. I mean, when they like, started idolizing, like even beyond yeah. Reagan. Like Reagan was a celebrity first, but like, but yeah, o Obama was the hero worship, creepy sort of thing that I hadn't quite seen, yeah. at least in my lifetime. And then Trump literally was the most ridiculous version of a celebrity who became president. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, it makes sense now that this will just keep getting more and more and more exaggerated to the point to where it's like these people don't. Good lord, yeah, really matter. But, to, where, to where we get Ella Emhoff yes. as as a new fashion icon for our generation. And thank goodness for that. Yeah, <laughs> pisses me off. So, <laughs> uh, moving on. There's a yeah, uh, and we'll get we'll get more into like some Biden stuff later. Um, and kind of the matrix being broken, but this is kind of one of them too that I I just but this is just like a a Greg's chef kiss story to me. Oh yeah. So, are do you do you remember the Lincoln Project? Do you know who they they are? Or Aren't were? they like um, new Republicans who who like are kind of progressive? Not new. So they or they they've been around for a while. They, they're neocons. I mean, like, oh, literally gosh. everybody that like that w was involved. In, like so, the. So the important thing to note is, and I'll play a clip here in a second to kind of illustrate who this person is, but, um, what's his name again? Sorry. Oh, Rick Wilson was one of the founders. Um, the other, one of the other founders was Kellyanne Conway's husband, George Conway. And then this other gentleman we're going to talk about with their, this cutesy little pedophile scandal. <laughs> cutesy little secret. Cute, cutesy little, little Republican neocon secret they had inside the Lincoln Project. But I think that this clip, so like what the Lincoln Project was, was, was designed to do 
was to raise a bunch of money to push forward Republicans like John Kasich as being anti-Trump people to beat Trump. Yeah. But they raised $45 million and literally didn't budge percentages for Republican voters one iota. Right. So essentially this became like a Republican money laundering scheme. <laughs> so they can just now funnel this money back into <laughs> mainstream Republicans, even though they pretend to be progressive. But here is one of the founders, uh, uh, Rick Wilson, on uh, on Don, Don Lamont's show. Don Lamont. And this will, this will really show you the kind of person that Rick Wilson is, number one. Don Lamont, we already know. But like, this is the kind of people they are. And it, obviously it's false. And look, he also knows deep in his heart that Donald Trump couldn't find Ukraine on a map if you had the letter U and a picture of an actual physical crane next to it. He knows that this is oh. you know, an, an administration defined by ignorance of the world. And so that's partly him playing to their base and playing to their audience. Of, oh. you know, the, the, the credulous boomer rube demo that backs Donald Trump um, that, that wants to think that... <laughs> That, that Donald Trump's a smart one in there. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all elitists. You, you elitists. It sends shivers down my spine. And your spelling, even though my your math and your reading. Yeah, you're reading. You know. So, so uh, people who don't vote for Joe Biden are, are are dumb, irreconcilable people. I mean, again, this this is right. this is just a mistake that Hillary made, where it's like uh, deplorables. I mean, they, they they just keep doing the same shit over and over again by diminishing, just calling people that just would not want to tolerate this attitude by like because the people that are calling dumb are people who make under hundred thousand dollars i mean these yeah. are like poor people who maybe can't say things as flowerly or flat flower like and or elegant as you want or they're not like anderson cooper who's a fucking uh vanderbilt who got like in work for the cia and now works on cnn <sighs> or don lamont with his white husband that talks about white guilt so or like how what terrible white people are so he can get on networks and get attention it's like at least working class people that these fuckheads consider dumb are honest. You know what I mean? But like, this is such a performance. I yeah, mean, obviously. The laugh was performative. All the of fucking, it. fucking, the one on the right is Rick Wilson. Rick right? Wilson, who's a founder of uh, oh. of the Lincoln Project. So, it's just like so gross. It's so gross. It's so gross. And performative. But, uh, so now. Comeuppance, baby. The title, journalist says accusations against John Weaver were well known in D.C. John Weaver was... He was one of the founders of the Lincoln Project. There we go. Yeah. And this is the uh, this is from Rising, but they, they're kind of just like surmising uh, it in this article. Journalist Ryan Gerdusky told Hill.TV on Wednesday that the accusations against Lincoln Project co-founder John Weaver were well known to many in Washington, D.C. before major media outlets reported on them. New York Times reported this week that nearly two dozen men received <laughs> suggestive messages from Weaver who allegedly offered political or employment opportunities in exchange for sexual favors. So, and again, in, in typical neocon fashion, he was not an openly gay man. Of course not. They course. never are. And and so, it again, it should could it be any more obvious that the Lincoln Project was a giant fucking grift to... Again, they're, they're talking about the rubes in middle America who voted for Trump. How about the fucking rube upper middle class white women who thought Biden was the fucking way to go? Right. It, it, like, they're the ones that they fooled. Again, yes. like the, 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 the women, like women and men who think that like they're good progressives and they care about gay issues or whatever. And then you have this closeted fucking asshole doing this. New York Times reported, I already read that, Gerdusky, who reported last month on the accusations against Weaver for the American conservative, told Rising that the accusations were not well-kept secret 
in the nation's capital. One of the victims was reportedly 14 years old when he began re receiving such messages from Weaver. Wow. While the Times reported that 21 men came forward against Weaver, Gerdusky said he spoke to more than 30 for his story in January. It was probably close to 100 young men in a five-year period. 100 young men. So, so again, um, uh, I, you know, after the Me Too movement, we got very uh, conditioned to, like, having to have some sort of, uh, some sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, caution about accusations, right? Yeah. But where there's a... Whereas there's this much smoke, there's a fucking forest fire, yeah, right? So exactly. if it, in a five-year period, he was sending things to over 100 people that felt not, like uncomfortable enough to come forward and talk about this, right. he definitely raped somebody, allegedly, in Minecraft. So, I, yeah. I, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is not a small group. This is not like he was trying to hide what was going on, and it was very much in plain sight for everyone to see, says Gerdusky. He noted that the Lincoln Project, an anti-Trump Republican group, was silent on the accusations for weeks before eventually condemning Weaver and his actions. I know for a fact, for three weeks after my story came out, they said nothing about him being a predator. <laughs> they didn't say anything for three weeks. Weaver first acknowledged the messages in January. The truth is that I'm gay, Weaver said at the time, and that he I have a wife and two kids who I love. My inability to reconcile those two truths has led to this agonizing place. So he chose the, the spacey route of uh, getting out of it. Oh, but, good Lord. But what was great is like, you know, that faggot Rick Wilson was like trying to be like, oh, I, I only met him a few times. It's like, bullshit. We, we know, like, we know it wasn't that many of you that started this fucking clown show of an operation. So we right. know, we know who you are. We know what you were doing. Yes. You fucking assholes. So, I mean, again, like people were already dunking on the Lincoln Project just based on how much money they raised and how ineffective they were. But this is just, oh, it's just icing on the cake. I mean, remember when I, like, uh, Rising first brought the story up? What, what did I do? Like, you heard me in the hallway just fucking You were cackling. Cackling. Yeah, yeah. Peace would, and love to all the victims and, and especially the, no, the not, young kid. Yeah, we're but not shaming like, into that, yeah. It's hilarious that, of course, something built on such a shitty foundation is going to topple. And, and, and again, it's important to remember that Rick Wilson, all these fucking people were the neocon Republicans that would have, like, said that you were the worst thing ever for being gay. Yes. I mean, like, you know, uh, 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 it would have been like uh, Larry Larry Craig, the, the, the Republican congressman who, like, did the toe tap in the bathroom and was, like, the most anti-fucking gay person yeah. ever in politics because that's always what ends up happening yes. like the way, and so these fucking grifters pretended like they were progressives but they fucking weren't like two minutes ago so that's right. like why most people in the media other than people like don lamont or these people that like found them as like useful people to have on just to dunk on trump in the fucking stupidest way possible most yeah. people who were like honest in the media like glenn greenwald and rising and like all these different types of people were like Fuck these assholes. We know who you were. We know yeah. who, like we know what you said in the past. Like you don't get to pretend to be progressive right now. Remember, they have like the Lincoln Project has such a strong foot in the game that John Kasich spoke at the DNC like twice or whatever. So uh, and we all remember who John Kasich was, but they're trying to gaslight us. The DNC is trying to gaslight us into believing uh that he's a progressive man, that he's somebody we can trust and Five years ago, he was not somebody we could trust in any possible way, John right. Kasich. So it's like, why uh, they think that we'd be so easily fooled. And the sad part is the vast majority of people are easily fooled. It's people who just, it's brunch liberals. I mean, it's, it's just brunch liberals. It's like, yeah. it's like people who have like this pandemic's not affected them financially at all. And they get to just kind of sit, sit idly by and just 
blame their fa- failed marriage or failing marriage and their kids that hate them on Trump. You know, all the kids that are on Oxycontin, it, like it's all well, it's Trump's fault. It's Trump's America. Right. Instead of like actually looking inward of like, maybe I was a bad parent. Maybe I'm a bad person. Maybe I'm not mm-hmm. like doing a very good job in my relationship. Maybe we even have a genealogy that is susceptible to addiction right you know it's susceptible to certain afflictions or whatever right but these upper but middle class no... people they go to like therapists who just tell them what they want to hear because they like you need to come three times a week to therapy and they're like oh that's a really good idea yeah, because they're such narcissists they go like oh i would love to talk about myself uh three hours a week yeah. to somebody who will not push back on any of my bad ideas and these are the type of people that love the lincoln project yeah dalrice mentioned uh matt gates uh and his his son slash boyfriend nestor. yeah we nestor. talked about nestor we talked about nestor how there's like a big like Either it is a very noble thing or he's totally fucking <laughs> Totally Nestor. fucking his son. Yeah, we don't really know which one it is. <laughs> we d- I don't remember. That was like a good maybe like 30 episodes ago. Because because it was it was funny cuz we, we saw that story come up and it was like it was based on this impassionate speech that Matt Matt Gates ga- gave, who by the way like you know, even though he's a Republican, 30% of what he says is I'm I'm like I'm pretty on board for some yeah. of it. But like he brings us up in like an impassioned defense about like being called a racist. And then he's like, I adopted this. Like, he adopted him too old. It was too old. It was, like, was like six, 17 or 18. 17. Yeah. And then he turned 18. And it's like Matt Gates in Florida, shirtless and perfectly tanned with his arm around Svelte Nestor. It's yeah. just like. Something's going and on. I don't here. think Matt Gates is married or anything. No, yeah, he's unmarried. So I, no kids. Yeah, we had like a lot of questions about what is really going on here. <laughs> But you know, if if uh, if it is legitimate and you like helped some kid who came over here on like a 1957 Chevrolet tire from Cuba, and you're like this noble person, then mm-hmm. peace and love, you know, whatever. But peace and love. It just definitely, as two two uh, ignorant, retarded gay men, it made us raise our eyebrows. I gotta say. Yeah, and if that's the bar, that's pretty low. I feel like it would make any reasonable person raise their eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> it did. All right, we should move on. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yes, I, this next one, like, I just want to talk about, like, again, we were talking about a little earlier with the, with the, uh, Ella Emhoff thing and just how the, the media narrative is like breaking it because it's almost as if they're getting so extreme about how they're talking about things. It's not really, uh, well-crafted or effective anymore. Mm -hmm. So this wall street bets thing is just, it keeps dominating the media because again, it's like when you, when you make politicians feel unsafe for a couple hours it's an insurrection attempted coup democracy is about to be overthrown bullshit 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 if you threaten hedge funds money it's the worst it it is just like storming the capital which is what some that dumb lady said you know it's like equally as horrible so it's like it should be very interesting to everybody that when the power structures are threatened how we had that episode we're talking about the word nazi right yes Pay very fucking close attention in in the future. I, I know, like, so, you know, some of you might have been reactionary to, like, calling people Nazis, saying Nazis are going to take over, the day of the news, all this kind of thing. But now pay very close attention to who is saying the word Nazi, who is saying the word foreign intervention, and then ask yourself, these people that are trying to make you scared of this invisible force that you don't see at all in your daily mm-hmm. life, affecting it at all, uh, the people who are saying it are the people who do affect your daily life and make it worse. Do you think that these things are actually a threat? Like just the people out there who believe that Nazis are around every corner or, or the Russians around every corner. Do you think that they're using these things maybe to keep you scared of something that doesn't exist? So you don't pay attention to something that actually does exist. So like, 
again, like this one really fucking struck me because the thing that exists being what the wealth divide. That's a big part of it. Yeah. So, so sorry. Uh, so Jimmy Kimmel used to be a very funny, uh, a very funny, interesting comedian. Um, Oh, really? Yes. I've only ever known him to be unfunny. Well, but you remember, like, even when he first started doing this sh- his show, right? It was it had moments where it was, like, funny. You, like, I never watched his show. Okay, well... He like, only came on my radar heart when he became a cuck. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of a shame. And I, Well, maybe it's not, though, because, because, like, him acting like what we're about to show you guys is, like, a tragedy to me. Mm. Because... I loved first. First off, in my in my lifetime, I loved Loveline, right? Which was Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla, and uh, Adam Carolla got the job from Jimmy Kimmel, who did the sports on that network. Oh. And then they would have Jimmy Kimmel on to do like skits and bits, and it was funny. And then after that, Adam Carolla and Jimmy Kimmel did the Man Show on Comedy Central, which was hilarious, misogynistic, but funny. I mean, it was super yeah. funny. Um, uh, but now this is who he is. GameStop, if you don't know, it's a video game store. And like a lot of businesses, they've been struggling because of COVID, but also because most people buy games online now. And yet, despite a sharp decline in sales, over the past six months, their stock price has grown by 8,000% because a bunch of amateur investors, maybe even some Russian disruptors who are part of a Reddit community called Wall Street Bets, decided to buy a bunch of GameStop's so okay, I'm gonna play it just like Good that one. Lord. Okay, so, I, I I again like because like why this is a tragedy to me. Like again, like I said, I've I've watched this guy for a long, long time and have listened to him speak. Right. So especially people who do radio or like podcasts now is the medium. It it would be pretty hard for me to pretend to be something that I'm not when I have talked now for over a hundred hours. Over a hundred hours. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, you know probably not about, including our special episodes. Probably two hundred in total. Like, yeah. You, you, like people who have been with us since even the middle have you you know how my brain works. Yeah. So I feel very similarly about this guy. I've heard him talk a lot. So when you watch him at this point, do you believe that he's been fed to say this? Of amateur investors, maybe even some Russian disruptors who are part. Of- do you have a little hesitation? Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I I think that he is supposed to say this. Yeah. He is absolutely supposed to say this. So that's that's one element of the narrative breaking. Here's one of the other ones. This was from the Wall Street Journal. This is so great. Let me move the comment box one second. Yep. The uh, GameStop short squeeze shows an ugly side of the investing world. Short sellers are thick-skinned, but the nasty comments, insults, and threats leveled at them feel like political fights, not investing differences. <laughs> okay. Okay, you fucking snowflake. Just hang on. we got to read a little bit of it. It's so good. Andrew Left is no stranger to conflict when it comes to investing. He makes a living betting that companies will stumble, and he calls out executives by name. Companies and their supporters fight back, but the criticism he normally gets is nothing compared with the venom spewed in recent days by stock traders who have come together online to drive up shares of an unlikely momentum stock, mall retailer GameStop Corporation. It makes you feel vulnerable, Mr. Left 50, founder of Citron Re- founder of Citron Research. You're a said fucking in an millionaire. Said in an inter- interview. If we you live feel in vulnerable and you're worth probably over a hundred million dollars, dude, get intensive therapy. I was literally just gonna say, go to therapy, uh, you asshole. I, I mean, again, like just the fucking histrionics of these people. So. So okay, oh. but 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 redditors hurt my feelings. But you know, Sean, it's not real. No, like, of course this, like, not. What this is 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 like controlled to try to get Wall Street Journal readers like my dad, 
who are on the right, mm-hmm. like people who read the Wall Street Journal are right. So we had Jimmy Kimmel doing it to the left. That, like, I have a question. Do you think that Jimmy Kimmel convert like with that speech convinced a certain person in your family that it was the Russians that were involved? Yes, in it? of course. So there we go. And this they, is controlled sympathy. This article is controlled sympathy for, for the right. The yeah, for the right. It's these massive investors, these multimillionaires, have now all the power in the world to get as much sympathy as they want. So the redditors can look like the bad guy yeah and and then perry says i actually feel good at listening to this quiver bitch like yeah honestly quiver bitch like you, you like seriously uh just yeah uh quiver and then uh uh brand says uh, adam corolla and drew still have souls and it, like it's tough like listening to adam now because yeah. like adam is so he's like the definition of what you would expect a republican to be and i'll explain that in a second like remember how i've told you about how republicans are uh the masculine and then democrats, and like, democrats the are the feminine like yeah. in the sense of like uh, Republicans pragmatic get shit done but like when you're getting shit done so aggressively that in like empathy for people kind of falls by the wayside Democrats are too much empathy too much compassion and then nothing gets done mm-hmm. right which we're kind of seeing in Biden's administration now of like too much pretending to have empathy which what they're doing nothing is getting done it's kind of like just being the opposite which we'll talk about uh, here in a moment but but like Adam Carolla like has been a liberal his whole fucking life and he's made the best point which is like one that I've actually used which is like my politics haven't changed the fucking world has changed mm-hmm. where it's like I'm, you know, uh, the trans issue comes about, for example, and I'm kind of just like, I don't know about this. And they're like, how dare you even mm-hmm. question it? And it's like, I'm on your side. I, I have. Yeah. Been. But it's like, there's just, there's no room for any nuance. But the problem with Adam is he's so autistic. He can't. Right. He can't, he can't like <laughs> quite be compassionate enough to sort of, mm-hmm. it's like, it's very pragmatic liberalism, which I think has no place in the world right now. No. And then Drew, Drew just is too honest and with coronavirus, everything gets shamed. He'll but. never, he only, only Fox News will feature him on the news. Like he'll go on Fox 11 or whatever. Isn't that telling? Like, so, yeah. Like, so the, like, they're the only people who let him on. Glenn Greenwald, the journalist who literally risked his fucking life to break the Edward Snowden story. Uh, and went to China, got him out, got him to Russia, did all this shit, and now lives in Brazil because he's scared if he comes back up here, he will be extradited or he'll be charged yeah. for what he did. Um, Edward Snowden, who is a fucking patriot, only Fox News, Tucker, will have Glenn on. Yeah. And then people use that as an opportunity to dunk on Glenn for being a right winger because, and you can just say <sighs> a million times that, well, CNN won't have me on. Yeah, MSNBC won't, won't have me, me on. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't work for these kinds of people. It, but again, like this is just all of this. I'm just talking about the narrative is breaking down because I'm watching normies like start to go like, what? Mm-hmm. Like this is what they're saying? Because I think the GameStop thing was a a unifying moment for everybody of like, no, no, this is th- like hedge funds are bad. The market crash in 2008 was bad and they caused it and they made money off of it. Mm-hmm. Like short sellers made money off of that fucking crisis where lots of innocent people lost their fucking houses. And no one was convicted. And one person was. One person who was, was the like scapegoat. a low level scapegoat. And then someone like Bernie Madoff got away with it forever and only really got arrested for his Ponzi scheme after he started losing money. Yeah. Like when he was no longer convenient for what they were doing, he got arrested. So it's like, it, yeah. you know, as George Carlin said, it's a big club, you ain't in it. So, so again, like the, the, the narrative breaking down. So, so again, the narrative breaking down. We should just probably like focus on on the Biden administration. So I want you guys to listen to this this little uh, this little speech that Biden gave, and I want you guys to tell me if you can understand a fucking word of. <laughs> let's like, play a game. Yeah. Like, uh, so like actually, uh, let's let's play like a real a real time 
translate Biden translator game and see if you guys can help us out because I was really a struggling with this. One. <laughs> let's let's uh, get this. Yeah. And boom. And some of it will come. In. Oh yeah. Expect these additional 200 million doses to be delivered this summer. And some will come as early, begin to come in early summer, but by the mid, by the midsummer, that this vaccine will be there, and the order, and, and 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 that increases the total vaccine order in the United States by 50 percent, from 400 million order to 600 million. This is enough vaccine to fully vaccinate 300 Americans by. End of the summer, the beginning of the 300 fall. Americans. But we want to make, look, that's, I want to repeat, it'll be enough to fully vaccinate 300 Americans to beat this. All right, we got what? these additional 200 million doses. What? Well, can we just give that one more go? It's only 44 seconds. I want to see, we're going to like do this one more time. See if you can figure, like, just, if you can give like a, just a little synopsis of what he's trying to say here. These additional 200 million doses to be delivered this summer. And some of it will come as early, begin to come in early summer, but by the mid, by the midsummer, that this vaccine will be there. And the order, and, 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 and that increases the total vaccine order in the United States by 50%, from 400 million order to 600 million. This is enough vaccine to fully vaccinate 300 Americans by end of the summer, the beginning of the, of the fall. But we want to make, look, that's, I want to repeat, it'll be enough to fully vaccinate 300 Americans to beat this. All right. So I tried closing my eyes for that so that I could allocate more brain RAM to my ears. So I know like generally nothing. Generally what he's trying to say is that like we're, we're going, but like it's, it's the numbers that just aren't making sense. So it's like we need 600 million doses to vaccinate 300 million people. So we need like twice the amount. We do, yes. I think he's just forgetting million, 300 Americans. He's forgetting to say million, so but Kamala, he repeats and he forgets twice. Kamala's going to be president in about a year. I mean, there's just no way this guy makes it much longer. His brain is pudding. It's put, absolute pudding brain. Um, Somebody's going to eat it like strawberry yogurt. Well, yes. Um, Kamala's going to eat his brain like strawberry yogurt. Oh, for She's sure. She's going to eat the booty like groceries and then eat his brain like strawberry yogurt. And then Ella Emhoff will make a, a nice dress out of his skin uh, uh old people skin uh just kidding <laughs> Gross. Gross. sorry tom no, no 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 that's why i'm kidding i'm kidding um so uh but the thing with the media narrative breaking which like biden's brain is that so you remember when obamacare was coming out you might have been a little too young but like i, I think you will remember like there was I remember Obamacare, Obamacare was coming around and they were saying like the Republicans rebranded as death panels, which is like basically like part of Obamacare was like a right to die sort of program, which is good. I think that you should be able to choose when like when or like you should be able to choose to die humanely, you know? Yeah. But then that got rebranded as death panels. You're going to kill grandma with death panels like the state will decide whether or not you kill grandma, you know, and it was very effective. So that got like, you know, nuked out of it um, when it was the uh, inheritance tax. Uh, which, which you know, uh, Democrats want. We're like, you know, if you make like, you know, if you inherit a certain amount of money, it should be taxed at a certain amount, which is, hmm. which is not something I totally agree with. But that's a whole other podcast. Right. But, but again, it's like what the Democrats believe in, which is not a unnoble thing, innoble. I don't whatever. Uh, but the Republicans rebranded it as a death tax. So 
what was the, one of the largest migrant hysterias around the Trump administration, right? It was the kids in cages. Kids in cages. Kids in cages. So people who just watch Don Lamont think, okay, well, this was Trump built this. Uh, this is all Trump's fault, which we, people who watch us and you and I know that Obama built these kids, these cages for these kids. You yes. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so like, it was pretty obvious to us, you know, Trump definitely ex- accelerated the, the separation policy. But I think even on the last episode, I was like, do I think a lot of like, do I think the majority of immigrants come over, bring children as shields? No. Do I think a good amount of them bring children over as shields to cross the border? Yeah, I think it's important to know whether or not they're actually their children or else now we have had we now we have children essentially being trafficked without any of our knowledge of like who they belong mm-hmm. to, whose kids they are. I mean, it's 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 fucked up when you think about it. And again, like I mean just just to preface like all of this is like do I know how we're supposed to deal with this fucking massive influx of people at the border with children? No. And I don't think anybody does. But, uh, you know, kids in cages, kids in cages, kids in cages. You know, Ocasio-Cortez went and cried at the border. Uh, and then now Biden is, uh, instead of fixing the kids in cages, he's given it a little old rebrand. He's sprinkling a little bit of that, that Biden touch on it. Biden administration prepares to open overflow facility for migrant children. <laughs> okay. The Biden administration is opening an overflow facility for unaccompanied migrant children apprehended at the U.S.-Mexico border. Federal agency tasked with the children's care told CNN in a statement. The Health and Human Services Department will reopen a facility in Carrizo Springs, Texas, that can accommodate about 700 children and can be expanded if necessary. (laughs) The reopening of the facility comes amid an increase in apprehensions of unaccompanied children on the southwest border, fueled in part by deteriorating conditions in Latin America and a perceived possible relaxation of enforcement and reduced capacity limits at other facilities due to COVID-19. It also comes as President Joe Biden rolls out new immigration executive orders tackling migration to the U.S. southern border. So it's your problem now, bitch. But you're going to yeah. like, again, just just the absolute hysterics about oversimplifying a very complex problem. Yeah. And again, it's like it, like I, I think this even comes down to coronavirus and how how it's being portrayed by the media yeah. in terms of like you need to feel this way about it or be like because one side of the spectrum controls the entire conversation in this, in this whole country. Yeah. Like Silicon Valley, like all these comp, like ABC, NBC, Hollywood, these, like all these people are in cahoots about controlling what is acceptable to say. And so mm-hmm. like, even if you and I, like, you know, we'd go, uh, you know, okay, kids in cages, that sounds terrible. Right. And then you look, Oh, Obama built them. Even just saying Obama built them, people go, that's whataboutism, which, by the way, is a very clever tactic used by the other side of just yeah. being able to dismiss any other side. Any, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be left or right. No. It's both. It, it, it's, it, and, and again, like all they this shit it. has been it been just it's it's been so cleverly created. But I again, I'm not seeing people fall for this shit anymore. It's been which is it kind of a, a thing I thought might happen with a Biden administration because I I wanted him to succeed, but kind of we, we knew this it was just going to go like this. Mm-hmm. It was just going to be because we we also knew that Trump from a like just from a uh, a, a policy standpoint was basically like a right leaning Democrat, mm-hmm. which is what Biden is too. And so, like, yes, there will be 
more relaxed immigration policies, but then we now have more kids in cages, <laughs> you know, because now there are more people that are allowed to come over the border. I want to look up this facility in Carrizo Springs. Yes. I want to see if Carrizo Springs has a history. With what? Uh, abusing children. <laughs> I, I mean, I've not really seen any, like, any... I, I've really, I remember like when, when the, because that was the tough, the tough part about like, you know, doing this, this kind of thing, like during the Trump yeah. administration was like trying to objectively try to find information. ICE facilities are impossible. I, I, it's so hard and they closed in 2019. So there's really like no info on that. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't see anything. Yeah. I would just, I'm, I'm worried. <laughs> Obviously I worry about this shit because like, yeah, more kids in cages is what this is going to lead to. Yeah, well, I, and like again, you know, like if if I mean, I don't. It's hard to really keep track, also, of the state of Mexico because it's like, okay, is the government in control or are cartels in control? Like, we yeah. don't, we don't really know because like we we know the government will stand down in the face of cartels, and like, but we also know that like cartels can do benevolent things. It, it's it's fucking bizarre. I mean, like Mexico is a fucking dumpster fire. It, like in this kind of way, you know, like not entirely. You can't say you can't even say that like the country's policies are bad because then you're like a Mex you're a racist toward Mexicans or whatever and it's like no, 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 no. well it's the same as like um, criticism towards is the Israeli government or China it means you hate Jews yeah or China yeah. yeah it's like now you hate Chinese people it's like no and the people just... that do this have a vested interest in protecting these governments yeah and so They're like just human rights violations that are happening globally right. and these people are like treated like our allies you know. <laughs> And we don't hold them accountable is why we critique them, you know? Right. Um, anyway. So one more way of the uh, of the uh, simulation breaking, again, goes back to the Capitol getting stormed. Yeah. And who was the most hysterical member of Congress about her harrowing experience in of the Capitol? Of course. It was AOC who tweeted, I am safe, and got 600,000 likes in like 30 seconds. And then, and then the narrative started to shift on her because mm -hmm. people started to like geolocate where she actually was. Wait a minute. Found out she wasn't in the building that actually had people breach it. Interesting. Um, even though she told a very detailed story about uh, how she heard them outside her door saying they were coming to kill her. She had this very detailed story. Started to fall apart. Then she lays out this thing about her being sexually assaulted that was kind of a non sequitur. I believe it happened, whatever, but it was like clearly to deflect from. Oh, because she has been assaulted in the past, in the past. And, and was re, re experiencing And some she was things. connecting it to the Capitol security guard that was like trying to find her to make sure she was safe and how it somehow felt like she, like when she got sexually assaulted or something. Yeah. And then, so. We won't even bother reading it because I, I do want to find out more about like the veracity of this claim. Although it started to like really fall apart, and like she was training today with uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez Smollett, Smollett, <laughs> Alexandria Ocasio Smollett, Smollett, yeah. yeah. So I, but there is like something I wanted to. Uh, should I close it? One second. Oh no. Um. Oh yeah. I, I love that. I love this. I love this. So idea. there's a there's a personality disorder. And I want you guys to think about how Ocasio-Cortez acts. Um, and I want you to see if this, this fits. Yes. Histrionic personality disorder is defined by the American Psychiatric Association as a personality disorder characterized by a pattern of excessive attention-seeking behaviors, especially beginning in early childhood, including inappropriate seduction and an excessive desire for approval. <laughs> People diagnosed with the disorder are said to be lively, dramatic, vivacious, enthusiastic, and flirtatious. Women are diagnosed with HPD roughly four times as often as men. 
<laughs> it affects two to three percent of the general population and 15 10 to 15 percent in inpatient and outpatient mental health institutions <laughs> maybe she's got a mild histrionic personality disorder mild look like if it was extreme she wouldn't be a functioning politician not true be like so here's the thing so like uh preface i think she does some good things largely they're performative mm -hmm. uh but you know her going to strike with those workers during the inauguration was a objectively good thing to do right yeah but she has like again so none of us doubt that she maybe feared for her life during this insurrection right she's like the front runner in in people that like trumpists they wanted to hurt she and would, get rid of i think that her and pelosi are probably up there like is you know definitely because targeted. she's just the most popular one exactly that's and that's really what it is right yeah but she's not stopped this is like everything has been about her mm -hmm. for the last it's been almost a month now you know like when ted cruz wants to like work with her on like dealing with short selling then she's like you almost got me killed it's like everything is about her all the yeah. time and so you were saying that people like that can't get into politics she is donald trump they are yeah. the same person they act like she's yeah she's better looking like there's less to goof on with her right like because mm -hmm. she's objectively fucking hot um she's object like I don't even say she's smart anymore. I mean, like the way that she talks as a millennial, like someone who's my age, it's embarrassing. It's she is the kind of person who took a few classes in gender studies. Like that level of intelligence is like kind of what she has. Like she, she can sound smart when she needs to, I think but that, she's not actually. I mean, she, she graduated from college with, I think, a, a decent degree at like a decent college, but it's like book intelligence is not comparable to wisdom or, or yeah. curiosity. And she may be the most, she's like Donald Trump. I mean, like Donald Trump, like he wouldn't really care about how kale may not taste as good, but like may make him not a fat fuck. Yeah. You know, but in, like simultaneously, like she may not think about class issues beyond race. You know, it's yeah. like there's no curiosity about like well, what created these, like, you know, why are black people struggling more than other races? Right. Is it, is it money or financial issues? that like may disproportionately affect poor of all races or is it this nebulous concept of racism mm -hmm. we need to solve racism we need to fix inequality we need no more judgment we need love and peace and kindness in the world it's like yeah but those are all philosophical ridiculous fucking unicorn concepts you, like you're living in fairyland mm -hmm. like money it's money it's like it, it's it's gamestop it like it's it's these hedge fund managers and you fucking pilloried it because you wanted to talk about yourself again. Yeah, she has an economics degree, by the way. Amazing. Yeah. Do you think... So what What personality disorder do you think Trump has then? Is it the Narcissistic. same? Narcissistic. So like, let me pull that one up. It, yeah. It, it, so it's not histrionic. No. This will fit. Hang on. Yeah. Narcissistic. I think I spelled that wrong. Yeah, it's fine. It'll, it'll, re it'll autocorrect. Yeah, that was it. Oh, Mayo Clinic. I don't like their page. Mayo Clinic. Honey, Mayo Clinic. So here's this one. That's where I go to get my sandwiches, honey. <laughs> so here you go. This is, this is what I think Trump has. Yes, narcissistic personality disorder is a personality disorder characterized by a long-term pattern of exaggerated feelings of self-importance and excessive craving for admiration and struggles with empathy. That's pretty obvious to most people. Anybody would be able to define narcissistic personality disorder. 
Uh, people with NPD often spend much time daydreaming about achieving power and success and the perceived injustice of failing to do so. This is exactly Trump. He calls people losers, and then when he loses, he is just absolutely he can't, he devastated. Can't, he can't, he can't accept he lost. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, this is a pattern of obsessive thoughts and unstable sense of identity, often to cope with a su uh, super subpar real life. Subpar real life. It's a little small. Subpar real life with the people with the diagnosis in recent years have spoken out about its stigma in media and possible links to abusive situations and childhood trauma, which these things can coexist. Yeah. You can have insane childhood trauma and become a narcissist. It's an explanation, but it's not an excuse. You know, yep. there is treatment you can seek. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's the difference, right? Like, and, yeah. and, and histrionic personality disorder actually is like pretty, uh, it's pretty similar to BPD, but like they're, they're not as like uh, borderline personality disorder. They're, yep. very, they're, they're similar, but like histrionics aren't as like, I'm going to kill myself for attention. Like that's where like borderline kind of goes into like the next realm. What do you got? <laughs> Just my oh honey liner hit Greg in a certain <laughs> type of way. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. AOC went to Boston University and went by Sandy Ocasio That's at right. the time. That's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, like I think it was just Sandy Cortez. Yeah. She, she went Sandy by. Cortez. Mm -hmm. Why? Be Alexandria? Because she grew up in like a largely affluent, like white. I mean, uh, and again, it's like. Right. It's like, it, like, and what it is, is like, I don't think she's, I think she's half Puerto Rican, isn't she? I have this. Th I don't know. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter, but I have this theory and like, I would be curious because we have like, we have kind of like a multiracial group now. So I'm curious mm -hmm. of like all different types of people that listen to us and we I have a Kate, our lone female. God bless you. Yeah, God bless you. Seriously. <laughs> um, but, uh, but have you guys found that the most identity politics driven people are mixed race? Cause I have found that to be the case because mm. they don't belong to either identity and they feel jilted by that reality. Mm -hmm. So they, they will hardcore dive into the one that is in vogue at the moment. Or rather they're, they belong to two identities, but they are not accepted by either. Right. That's the deal. Well, well because and like that's kind of the thing, right? Like, so the, yeah. the particular one that I see often are somebody who's like half African American, half half Asian in particular, mm -hmm. because like Asians are doing fucking great here. Like yeah. Asians have no problem. Like they make more money than white people on average in America, right? Yeah. But black people aren't. So like, but when you're half a like black black folks, and we're speaking on average statistically. Uh, you know? Yeah, it, it's just it's objectively true. So like, but. Uh, Black folks in general, and this is this is um, anecdotal, but I, I but I think that like this is probably pretty fair to agree. Like there there's a lot of issue about light skin, black skin, like like darker skin rather. Like there's lots of like issues about nuance of like are you 100 percent are you not? Especially with like black identitarians, right? Also, if you're gay, it's a fucking problem. I mean, like anything that doesn't fit just the normal mm -hmm. straight orthodoxy of being a black person, it is not very cool and accepted 100 percent amongst like the average black person at the cookout, right? Yeah. So if you were somebody who had a black side of the family and they kind of treated you this way, it would probably either make you be curious and double down and like maybe have a conversation with these people and help them. Or if they don't want to listen, then you just sort of give up and you just be yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Or you're so desperate to cling for this sense of personal identity because you've not really cultivated your own that then it's 100% into that lane and then you can't convince that lane, that group of people that you're a better version of them or whatever, but white people or other minorities can be the victim of your ire in terms of like, you are, you know, I don't know. 
like you know what i'm trying to say right yeah it's getting kind of heady but you made your point so like yeah of course and so we talked about yeah like the people who are most kate said uh, harris did that i mean totally like she she, oh yeah yeah yeah. she did not identify as as black in fact like it's kind of interesting because like she's black jamaican and then right she's caribbean black and then but there's like a serious like racial problem with indians in jamaica like where they hate black people and vice versa and so it's like it's pretty interesting that then they came here and Mm -hmm. then she uh right we've talked a bunch of black people we've talked up we've talked a a little bit about of her like disconnect from american blackness and it sounds kind of racist and commodifying to use the word blackness but like uh we've talked about her disconnect and how she has no like familial tie to american slavery in the way that she talks about it so much and like also she like blacks it up a little bit like fully when she's like trying to appeal to a black audience she puts on a black scent like yeah kind of like like oprah like oprah's allowed to because she's totally black but like you'll notice like when oprah's talking to like there's like a few times when obama was like sort of running i remember she fucking laid it on thick when 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 again like who know i mean like that's kind of the fun thing about black reporters like you don't really know if they're doing like reporter voice or they're doing like their real voice you, you know what i mean but generally speaking like a white sounding voice is what's acceptable for for the daytime tv which is what oprah was doing in chicago before she became oprah right mm. but it was weird and kind of inauthentic to, to to at least know that she could build a career off of that persona yeah yeah and then get up like y'all read some books it's, it's like, what it's what we knew her voice as mm-hmm. it's it's different so like we were custom we we, uh fucking what's the accustomed i was like customized what is the word we were accustomed to um like her voice as the reporter and on the oprah show um or on oprah i guess what it was called but um when she started to put on an affect or rather maybe like relinquish her her reporter affect it felt weird to us because we were so accustomed to hearing her and how she usually talks and i think like oprah actually is like robin quivers from the howard stern show like not everybody sounds black of course you know i I think that robin and let's be clear like people who are listening those you put quotes around yeah big big quotes because because it's like to me like sounding white or sounding black like black comedians doing the white voice i mean you know i i have like an indiscernible accent people think i'm like from like all different types of places i speak super fucking fast i slur i say i stutter like everyone has a weird way of speaking and again it's like around the people you hang out with so like my thing is like a nebulous mess of bullshit because i lived in the south for a long time i lived here in california for a long time it's a lot of dude and light yeah mine's all over the place yeah and so it's and again like if you're living you know when i would when i grew up in like a largely black area of north carolina like there were kind of affects you start to pick up from hanging around those people like so much and mm-hmm. that we're not you know the term right quick for example like, uh, <laughs> right quick right, i remember right quick that. or like you wouldn't push a button you'd mash it you know like they're, they're like yeah. these kinds of things that were like they were kind of quote-unquote black vernacular that was southern black vernacular that would get passed up to white people it was like just a mess and so like this shit isn't really important to focus on but there is like it is important to focus on the performance aspect exactly. because it just proves that somebody isn't genuine, right? Exactly. So, like, uh, but Brand says half black people are the most pro black people you'll find. That's mm. kind of what I, you know. Um, Dalry says uh, we call them race hoppers. They tend to jump uh, to whichever is beneficial for them in the current moment. Oh God! Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's it's race hopping is grifting. I mean, essentially, essentially, right? Like, so, like, again, it would be like if I were to, like, you know, talk to you guys on this show. Like, if I don't think anybody's been here since the very beginning, but like, largely, what we started the show was like to criticize the excesses of gay 
identitarianism. Yeah. And and if I were to like all of a sudden dive into it because it was beneficial to some sort of career prospect, you would know I was fucking grifting. You know, like mm-hmm. if I were to go, you know, like for for example, like if 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 they were to say, uh, you know, your podcast is going mainstream or like your music career is going mainstream, go on Andy Cohen's show like Andy Cohen, it's so good to see you. You'd all fucking know. You'd all know yeah. I was full of shit, you know. And so that's kind of what it is. Like on a on a non like less intense yeah. because you know you can't not look black you know but mm-hmm. but there is there is like a way that you, you, people using their identity in a very inauthentic way and that's kind of the point exactly yeah and and to bring it back to AOC inauthentic fucking absolute hysterics uh over almost dying in a building that was not rated performative for her benefit um yeah, so I wanted to cover one last thing, and this kind of sure. goes to, to Kamala Harris being Indian, kind of. Um, so I don't really, I don't really know exactly what's going on. I'm really trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a farmer strike in India, and I think it's like a very important geopolitical story that nobody in America is talking talking about. Yeah. Um, but I pulled up an article, and like maybe we can kind of get. Um, so I want to read this one first. Like they're striking over some new laws that Modi, who is the pr- prime minister of India, I guess so. Uh, prime minister of India, uh, yeah, because they're a British colony. Yeah, okay, where they were. Um, so some new laws that he put in place that are making them strike, but it's hard to tell like who's on the quote unquote right side. I mean, I don't think like the government's not is is like right. generally because the people are striking. That's a sign that something in the government's going wrong. Mm-hmm. But I am not, dude. Keeping keeping in touch with Indian politics, especially India Pakistan. Pol- I mean, it, like this is not related to India or Pakistan, to, like fighting each other. But it's so difficult to understand because, like, it's so many fucking people in such a big like region. It, it's hard mm-hmm. to understand. So anyway, I just figured it would be good to just talk about this to our audience. Should, and I'll yeah. figure out more and then try to have a concise well um, i actually saw a protest happening in hollywood a couple weeks back maybe even like a month back um on hollywood boulevard and i'll i'll circle back to this after we read the article because there's a a key thing that i think is important here um but i saw people in cars waving signs driving slowly down hollywood boulevard honking their horns in protest for for farmers here so uh here it is what consultation start at the very beginning the three farm laws which seek to deregulate agricultural markets create a basis for contract farming and take regulatory power away from state administrations, among other things, were announced as part of the Atmanir Bar Bharat package that sought to lift the Indian economy out of the COVID-19 induced quagmire. And, and that was like, like uh, there are, you know, we every economy was fucked by this whole thing. But yeah. I, like India was the one I was like, dude, like just talking about places where you can you can see utter abject poverty mm-hmm. and i'm like fuck how does a country like this deal with it insanely dense population yeah dude over a fucking billion people in a in a country that's not even the size of texas yeah i mean it's crazy so uh that package contained little in the way of stimulus measures earning the government much criticism for its unwillingness to spend any money doesn't that sound familiar that sounds very familiar instead it included moves like this one which would fundamentally alter indian agriculture Right to information requests, like our FOIA requests, have revealed that the government has no record of consulting stakeholders about the content of these proposals before they were summarily summarily turned into laws. This was done through executive ordinances in June 2020 without even waiting for Parliament to take up the matter. 
why the government decided to bring in ordinances that would upend Indian agriculture without consultations with either stakeholders, the states, or in parliament is unclear. The argument has been made that government was attempting to turn crisis into opportunity. Funny how our government has taken crisis and turned it into opportunity, too, by stripping away our rights. <laughs> Presumably hoping that the pandemic's economic devastation would reduce the chance of any public mobilization against its moves. If so, its calculations were clearly wrong. Modi may also just have been falling back on his instincts. His government has repeatedly relied on ordinances to skip a more consultative I mean, executive actions in process. this country. It's the like same, same concept. Yeah, yeah. And in this case was also uh, seeking to use technicalities and avoid working with the states in what some called bypass reform. Yeah, executive orders. Again, if the government hoped these shortcuts would somehow speed up implementation of the laws while forcing those who might have opposed it to simply accept the changes, that is evidently not how it played out. Next, the ordinances were placed in Parliament, even as farmers across Punjab and Haryana, as well as a few excuse me, other states had mobilized against them. The anger from Punjab alone was such that the Shiromani Ak Akali Dal, one of the Bharatiya Janata Party's oldest allies, excuse me, I'm like, I got hiccups, quit the ruling coalition with its minister exiting Modi's cabinet in protest against the law. So again, like I'm very ignorant about Indian politics, but I have been told that this is the enemy. Bharatiya Janata Party. So they seem to be the villain amongst circles that I trust their opinion on. Mm -hmm. So if any of you know what's going on, please correct me if I'm wrong, but that's kind of what I understand. It's like they are the ones who are on the wrong side of this. Yeah. Interesting. Um, wait, 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 no, no, actually scroll up. So one of the, uh, Bharatiya Janata party's oldest allies, uh, quit the, the cabinet, quit the ruling coalition to make a change in protest against the laws. So I think that this, this is Modi's, uh, party. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So somebody from Modi's party left the cabinet because they realized there was a fuck up. And like Modi. Okay, that makes sense to me. Like no, no, nobody's, nobody's like Trump, right? But like kind of like Boris Johnson is sort of like an analog. Modi kind of is like a, a right wing populist mm -hmm. like of Italy. So, or sorry, of India. Um, so anyway, like I saw like, so we kind of. We get the idea. idea. It, so like, it completely subverted um, like any kind of group uh, consensus on this. The government just passed an executive order that completely revolutionizes how farming happens in India, even though India supplies so much of the world with so much food. Right. And here's another. This was uh, from today. India cuts Internet around New Delhi as protesting farmers clash with police. Very cool. Cutting the Internet. Internet access remained blocked Monday in several districts of a state bordering India's capital following violent weekend clashes between police and farmers protesting controversial agriculture reforms. Online access was, would be suspended in at least 14 of 22 districts in Haryana state near New Delhi until 5 p.m. Monday, according to uh, public relations of Haryana. Let's see. Internet restrictions came after violent scenes last week as demonstrations continue against three agricultural laws passed in September. Since late November, hundreds of thousands of protesters have gathered on the outskirts of New Delhi to demonstrate against charges they say they weren't consulted on and which will hurt their livelihoods. Okay. So, I mean, like, honestly, I think like a lot of this has to do with with like similar to like what's happening to small businesses here mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, 
you know, however, maybe it's like the way that like farmers were transporting goods there or whatever else, but it, like there was no financial compensation for like them restricting yeah. their movement. And so I, I'm assuming that's what it is, but I'm going to have to, again, like uh, it's not, it's not that I don't care about geopolitical politics. I very much do, but like India is very difficult to understand. Like the Middle East and India, like it, it, like in China, like those three places are very, very, very hard to understand. Japan's easy. Like, uh, you know, Europe's easy, but like something about India in particular is very hard to wrap my head around. So just based on what we read, it sounds like there was just some restrictions placed upon farmers that made them lose a livelihood, livelihood that was not compensated by the government, which sounds very familiar. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll keep looking into this. And, cause I don't think this is going to end. This looks like pretty severe. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, they're they're angry that that farmers who supply a necessary good to the entire population, the global population, were not consulted on these changes. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the protests that I saw, though. Yeah. Um, and it, I'm, I'm not trying to make any judgment. However, the protests that I did see looked like people uh, looked like Indians who were protesting the new legislation. They were driving cars that were hundreds of thousands of dollars interesting so i'm wondering if the people who are protesting in hollywood are protesting these laws because they were making money off of the backs of the farmers to such an insane degree and this new legislation cuts their paychecks i'm wondering yeah again i, did, I just don't really understand like indian geo like geopolitical like issues. i don't either so, but i think the people living in fucking Hollywood, California, Indian people from India living in Hollywood, California are probably profiting off the backs of these farmers. Well, the actual people who work on these farms. It's hard to say because like, because again, like you, you're talking about like demographics that make the most in the, in the United States, Indians, number one, mm. number one. So I don't know why, like again, like, or like what the connection would be to an American Indian person, like Indian American, Indian American. Yeah. yeah. Cause American, yeah. Whatever. Jesus fucking Christ. Our <laughs> vernacular is so stupid in this country because of, being sensitive Indian American person they make the most like I think they have the largest like business ownership as well um so I'd have to kind of understand like how money is being transferred back and forth I don't really know but um we'll, we'll cut this clip up because I would love if it got we, we've done pretty good with traction on the last yeah it's like, been great so, I don't know if you guys noticed we had like a recent in influx of new people coming to join us yeah. so we welcome them if you are if you are Indian or you like know about what's going on here and like, I'll cut this one up like with all the India shit, like, because we do get traffic from there, which is like very interesting. Yeah. Um, so I would love to see if somebody can like fill us in. Like there's no, yeah, reach out to no us. judgment. I just, I just know that I think Modi's party is seen as the enemy in this by the people that I, I feel like I should care the most about. So like it's, I, but I, I just don't really have like a good conception of what's going on. And, yeah. Um, I didn't, it kind of broke the story broke to me this like about this like this afternoon i thought it was important to talk about but i didn't really have like a great i, I couldn't wrap my head around mm-hmm. it fast enough so like that's kind of you know what and, it is. and clearly the government is making awful miscalculations by shutting off the internet look how awful that looks to the rest of the world right. i mean like we already know china has limited internet internet access and we very much frown upon that so well, china controls india's entire internet infrastructure so oh seriously yeah so do you remember that with the Whitney Webb article? Like they were talking about like the, I do, because yeah. like all of it, like they control like all their currency, their digital wallet, like That's everything. That's insane, dude. Yeah. So, um, uh, so, uh, yeah. Mm. 
yeah but hey brand if you uh yeah if you ask him about it uh D- dm dm me or like i don't do you are do you, do you follow if me? you're on if you're on twitter or instagram dm jordan or, or I. I think brand you're on the patreon so like just send it to me on there and we'll cover it more in detail uh either like as a separate episode or like mm-hmm. I, I i do I, I do find this very interesting just because like it's so many fucking people and like yeah. it's on the border of like so many countries that like end up like making things caustic as well mm-hmm. um so the last thing i wanted to close on was Del Reese was talking to us last week about why we didn't cover the Sam Cedar and the uh, um, oh yeah Brianna Joy Gray Joy Gray debate and uh, this someone cut up a compilation today to kind of explain why oh great okay Jimmy 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 I think Jimmy has a bigger audience than I do yeah that same, he does oh, that is... but that's not the point my name is Brianna Joy Gray not Jimmy Dore so I think we should uh, talk about and can't well, talk we're talking about, about force the vote okay. And there's we, the first name sentence, that it's Sam, listed. If I can finish the sentence. Jimmy, Jimmy. Jimmy is Jimmy Dore's logo. Jimmy Dore. And if I have power, Jimmy Dore has more power. Jimmy's. Jimmy Dore can go and kill Lord. 15 kids tomorrow. And I still believe in force the vote. Jimmy, Jimmy's, <laughs> Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore. I have watched Jimmy Dore for many years now. Jimmy Dore. Jimmy's. Jimmy's. Jimmy Dore. Jimmy's intentions are. Jimmy's intentions. Jimmy's first. <laughs> Look at Virgil, Texas, vaping. Yeah. Show spent countless hours clipping his true. stuff. Flashback. Jimmy Dore had a suggestion. I think it's a good idea. We want a vote on Medicare. Oh for my all. God. Jimmy Dore and Jimmy Dore. Dore. Jimmy. 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 Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore is. He's having a sandwich. And Jimmy yeah. doesn't. Jimmy Dore. Jimmy. Jimmy said I could come on his show. Jimmy's. Jimmy Dore. Jimmy's take. Should we play uh, Jimmy Dore's video? We are. Yeah. Too much time on Dore on this whole topic anyway. One minute thirty-seven seconds <laughs> later. Jimmy Dore's Jimmy. Jimmy's work. The next day. Jimmy Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore. Oh my Jimmy, God. Jimmy, Rent Jimmy, free. Jimmy 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 Dore. Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Jimmy Show. Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore. Dore. Jimmy Dore. Jimmy. Many months later. Jimmy Jimmy Dore's Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore. Oh my God. Desperately, can I tell you to stop talking about Jimmy Dore because. 15 million people lost their health insurance this past year, and I can't get you to focus on that issue for more than five minutes. Hey, no, because you want, listen, I, I, I can focus on Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, door, Jimmy, door. Oh, my God. Jimmy, I said, Jimmy, door, Jimmy, I am now on uh, four and a half years waiting to come on his program. Oh, my God. Respectable news people. Um, we covered I know. I, I mean, I'm not uh, necessarily I mean, convinced of uh, the respectable news people, but I, we covered other stuff. No, we good. are respectable news people. <laughs> um, now we'll go back to regularly scheduled programming. So, oh my God, what a fucking loser! So, Delrice, that's why I didn't watch that. <laughs> Kate says, "I love Matt Orfalea, who is the tweet that we just yeah featured. he was he was the one that made that remember he's the one that made that Bernie ad that really great one that went viral and then they smeared him as like they which found, like, one old tw- I can't it was so um, long I'm ago. once again asking you for uh, I, I your think, support or something like I th- that no 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 it was not funny it was like a very like well cut uh, Bernie ad and they like then like Vox and all those fucking media ghouls went and like attacked him for old tweets." Oh so like, God. yeah, but he like he got a he had, he had like he got to be like important for like a day, and then like all the fucking media ghouls attacked him. That's awful. Yeah, but um, but I would love to have him on. Uh, uh, but I w- I think like growing a little bit, and then we'd have him on. But uh, next week we're gonna have on the great Steve Cox. I'm so excited. We yeah. haven't had Steve in quite a 
while since yeah. the last time we had um, Chris on, right? Yeah. Uh, no, we had Chris on alone. Uh, oh, that's right. We did have Chris on alone, mm-hmm. but before that, we had Chris and Steve at the same time. Yeah. So this time, because like Steve Cox, thirty uh, ninth uh, district in California, relaunched his congressional campaign on February first. Mm-hmm. So uh, he filed all the paperwork and everything. So we're gonna talk to him again uh, next Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, and it'll be probably just an interview with him. So that'll be the next show. Yeah. And if we find out more about India, I might we might like pop in and do a random one. Absolutely. Kind of talk about that, that sounds great. Because I would like to do that every now and then now that we this is so easy for us to just like take a shower and look presentable mm-hmm. and then just hop in this room and do these. Yeah. So perfect. Um, is there anything else you want to cover? I think that's it for me. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Thanks, uh, guys. So much for uh, staying with us. And uh, we're all of you that are in the chat are the ones that. You, I mean, you've been with us like most of the time. And uh, so, again, like I'm cutting up the clips to like help things grow. But like if you think one of your friends would like us, please tell them yeah, about us. Share this with your friends. If you're so inclined, check out our Patreon. Give this video a like. Whatever you want to do, share it. Give it a like. But we also, know, we also know about like sharing. Like we know that we are inflammatory inflammatory and like <laughs> probably you're guilty like we're not somebody who thinks nazis are around every corner and like i know that's like how right. everybody's so black and white now like so don't send this to somebody where you're end the friendship <laughs> but if it's somebody who like thinks like you and talks yeah. like you then anybody who can stick with us for the whole hour uh you should uh stay here so absolutely like subscribe uh thank you guys so much for being we'll here see you next time with steve <laughs> <laughs>